Yeah, I think that we're also just really burnt out for a number of reasons. There's a lot going on in the world, and I think that can cause compassion fatigue, and we might forget to, to take others' perspectives and be empathic to one another. This is the Leadership 480 Podcast. Hi, leaders, and welcome back to the Leadership 480 Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Ohm, and today's topic is something we're all really thinking about these days, leader connectedness to their teams. We were thinking about it before, and we're certainly thinking about it now in this virtual world so many of us are living in. And I'm so pleased to have two guests on the show today, Emily Schaefer and Stephanie Neal. Emily is Director of Research at Catalyst, which is a global nonprofit that helps companies shape more equitable workplaces for women. And Stephanie is Director of DDI's own Center for Analytics and Behavioral Research, more often known as CABER. So Emily and Stephanie have collaborated on some research related to leader connectedness. And we'll, I'm so excited to share that with you today. So Emily and Stephanie, welcome to the show. Hi, Beth. Thanks so much. Hi, Beth. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start with the basics here. What does it mean to be a connected leader? Yeah, I can um, start out there. Um, We found in our research that being a connected uh, leader really has to do with two separate components. So um, openness and vulnerability. And the openness component really um, is something, uh, is, is about someone who is willing to share about themselves while also showing a real interest in learning more about their employees. And vulnerability on the other hand is similar, but it has to do specifically with sharing your emotions, even though that might be difficult sometimes, especially at work. I really like that, Emily. I think you hit on a couple of things that we've seen through our global leadership forecast research as well, that it's really about leaders being able to connect to their employees and having that emotional vulnerability being able to share experiences, um, I think that's that's spot on. So as you've seen leaders, let's say attempt to do this, <laughs> is it something that you see they that comes easy for them or does this tend to be a big struggle? Yeah, I think this can be really tough sometimes. It's, it's difficult to be open and vulnerable in our lives outside of work, right? And let alone at work. So Um, In our research, we found that only 39% of people said that their manager was often or always open, and even fewer said that they were vulnerable. So only 24% of respondents said their manager um, was often or always um, vulnerable. So there's definitely room for improvement here, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say, though, that just because um, these numbers are are sort of low, you know, that it doesn't mean that over 60% of managers are just bad at connecting. You know, I really think that um, a lot of times managers just don't really understand how important it is. So maybe they're not really focusing on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I do think it's always tricky when we see that it's, you know, such a trend towards negative, right? We saw that these were surprising numbers to me. I think that leaders aren't as good at expressing themselves and being open with their teams as they could be. And I think partially it could be just due to the comp- kind of the climate and the context we're in, especially working virtually, this is that much harder, I think, to make sure that you're connecting with your team and, of course, feeling confident in that, too. So I wonder if it's kind of those invisible behaviors where leaders don't feel like they're able to see with their teams, you know, as regularly 
kind of that comfortable mm-hmm. environment that they're used to, to be able to feel more open. And of course, vulnerability is always, I think, a tricky issue when it comes to leadership, especially as leaders get um, more senior in their organization, they might feel like they shouldn't show as much vulnerability to that that's something that, you know, will have a negative impact versus the exact opposite, where people want to see that they're human and want to see that they have just the same challenges as the rest of us. I, I really like the way that you had summed that up as well, Emily. You make a good point there, Stephanie, um, because as a leader myself, when you say leader connectedness, you need to connect your team, like, sure, sounds good. When you say it's openness and vulnerability, then that's how you do that. That gets a little bit scary um, in terms of you, you kind of naturally want to pull back from that a little bit. So we'll dive into each of these a little bit more closely. But Steph, you had brought up vulnerability. And that's one that um, is both a good and a bad trait, right? Like as a leader, yeah, yes, you want to be human. You want, you're not here to say I'm perfect. But at the same time, um, you don't want to show your weaknesses to the team. You don't want them to lose faith in you. Um, or to feel like you're not up for the job or anything like that. Like that's not good for you or your team if you feel um, too vulnerable. So when we talk about vulnerability under the lens of leadership, what does that look like? And kind of how much is too much or what's the right amount of vulnerability to show? Yeah, I think you make a good point, Beth. It's really, there's a fine line with, you know, how vulnerable leaders should be, how far they should go. Um, and Emily, I want—I definitely want you to jump in here too, because I think you have some great examples. But you know, seeing how leaders can make sure that they're clear about their personal and kind of business um, lines that they they don't want to cross. Of course, they they need to demonstrate that they're vulnerable, but they need to also show um, that they have restraint. So, Emily, anything you you jump in there? Yeah, no, I think this is a great question. It is a tricky thing. Um, I think first off, it changed. Uh, the first thing is to change the idea of being vulnerable as as a weakness. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, being open and, and vulnerable specifically doesn't mean you know you share absolutely everything about yourself or you know you express any and all emotions you have at work. Right? That's really not what we're talking about here. It's really about discussing your experiences and emotions talking about difficulties, um, making space for, for others to, to really do the same. Um, and, you know, being vulnerable can be something simple, like, um, you know, you say, gosh, you know, working remotely has its benefits. I see that, but sometimes I really feel isolated or, um, you know, maybe it's, it's something like I have, um, you tell your employees that you have something personal going on. So, um, you know, it, if you really see that I'm not quite myself, uh, that might be why. And so it's not only expressing your emotions that that make you vulnerable, but it's also that you don't shy away from the situations that might be emotion laden. So it's really that sort of approach rather than avoid mindset that's key. I I love that way of, of phrasing it. So really, especially when it comes to vulnerability, it's not necessarily saying like, guys, I've got no idea what I'm doing here. But it's really more being relatable to your team of if that's, you know, this is a struggle for me too, or maybe I struggle, you know, I say, yes, I struggle with keeping um, work within the specific boundaries of, of, of the nine to five or whatever our hours are supposed to be. 
So if you're struggling with that too, maybe that's um, a way for us to relate versus, you know, vulnerability necessarily being like, <laughs> I don't know, I've got no idea. You're not, you're not in good hands here. <laughs> so a really nice way to do that. And you started talking a little bit, Emily, about openness as well, because I had some questions there too of, you know, there's a, um, and it depends, I think, for a lot of us, whether we're more naturally introverted or whether we're extroverted. Some of us, if we're a little more introverted, we struggle maybe to share enough with people. We're like, you know, you're on a need to know basis. <laughs> we don't we don't want you to know unless you we really think you have to. And then others are like tempted to overshare. They want to tell you everything. And like, this is really like they don't need to know all of this. So openness, a similar question. How do you start to find the right balance as a leader where, where openness makes sense. Yeah, I think you've made a great point there that that people differ in the amount that they are going to share or are comfortable with sharing. So I don't know that there's an exact amount of openness that is right per se. So um, obviously, there are still personal and professional boundaries, of course. Um, and by asking you to be open, we're not really asking you to be that overshare, as you just said, um, or to be someone who pries into their employees' personal lives. We don't want that either. Um, I think what people feel comfortable with sharing, as we said, will vary from person to person, and that's okay too. Um, all of us have these different versions of ourselves, like you were just talking about. So, you know, who we are at home with our family, who we are at work, who we are in social situations. And uh, we shouldn't feel like we have to keep these identities completely separate, but that also doesn't mean that you sh have to share every aspect of yourself with, you know, with your colleagues. And if you're not doing that, that that means that you're not open. Yeah, I agree. And I do think it's sometimes hard as a leader to say, you know, how much is the right amount um, to your point? And I think a lot of people will restrain themselves. A lot of leaders I know probably are careful not because they don't want to overshare. But I think there are so many good models and examples out there of where leaders will just step into by sharing some of their own things that they're dealing with. Maybe it's going to, you know, pick up one of their children after work or having to make time to do something that might be more, make them a little bit more humanized, but really is something that everybody can relate to. I feel like that's a piece that um, often gets left kind of unsaid in the workplace and in the virtual workplace. We're sometimes seeing it, of course, on our screens behind us that people have real lives that I think have helped mm -hmm. open up some leaders, um, some leaders that I know personally that I even work with as peers. I've seen more of that human side of them in this time only because they were kind of forced to to show it. It was on the camera and then they talked about it. And I think it honestly made them a lot more comfortable. And I've seen kind of relief wash over um, some of my friends who are like, okay, I don't have to worry about hiding that part of my life. Um, so I really do think it's, you know, it can encourage some openness in the right way as well. But how everybody has to manage it is, of course, being authentic to themselves and not feeling that they're going too far and in, in sharing something they're not comfortable with. It's such a, I, I do want to dive into that virtual side too, because I think that's been such a game changer um, in in the past year and a half for so many workers. Even if you're back in the office, a lot of people are still work, working remotely, at least part-time, or they have some folks on their team who are working remotely. Um, and there's been pros and cons, I think, of seeing people's home lives. I mean, it's it's darn impressive when you can see someone like, French braid hair while like going over all the last quarter's results. Like they're just masters at, 
at doing it all. And then there's, um, you know, the folks who are like eating their lunch on camera and you're like, didn't, didn't need that part. So how do you think, um, leader connectedness has really changed as we get in, as we're in the virtual work world, as well as like these hybrid situations now? Yeah, I think for, you know, some people, this massive shift to remote work or or hybrid work in the past year and a half half has been really difficult. Um, We can feel disconnected and and really isolated, as I said a few minutes ago, from our colleagues and definitely from our leaders. So um, on one hand, I think that there are things that we all, I think, are trying to do, um, like being on video chat. um, And that can be really helpful. But, you know, we have to keep in mind, you know, we can get burned out from that at the same time. Um, it's, it's hard to read people sometimes on video chat, especially things like their reactions and emotions, which are clearly you know key to, to feeling um, connected to one another. And so, um, yeah, I think that we're also just really burnt out for a number of reasons. There's a lot going on in the world. And um, uh, I think that can cause compassion fatigue and, uh, you know, forget, we might forget to, to take others perspectives and be empathic to one another. So one of the questions I think as we're in, especially in a remote work world, but even in general, even if you're in the office with people, how do you know if you're doing this well? Like what are, what are the signs? Because I think there's a lot of people who might be like, I'm funny connected to my team only to find out their, their team does not feel that way at all. How do you know if you're doing this well? Yeah, I I think first um, that no matter how great of a a leader you are, there's always room for improvement. Um, So I suggest to leaders um, that they always assume that they can demonstrate more openness and vulnerability or any really other, you know, inclusive leadership behaviors. Um, But really to gauge how you're doing, I think there's a couple of things you can do. I think leaders can identify colleagues who uh, hold similar positions uh, to them and maybe people who they think are doing these things well, talk about what it means to be connected and, and how they foster connection within their teams and maybe incorporate those behaviors within yours. Um, in our report, we found that it means um, that employees um when employees feel as though their managers are more open and more vulnerable, they feel themselves like they're able to be more creative at work, that they're um, able to be more dedicated at work, and that they're willing to go above and beyond what's required of them. So, of course, being open and vulnerable aren't the only things that impact those outcomes, but I think leaders can look to uh, their team and to their employees to get um, a pulse on how connected they are. So, you know, if you're seeing that folks are maybe a little less innovative than they usually are, or um, maybe aren't as dedicated as, as they have been, then maybe the first thing to do is to look inward to to see if you could be a little bit more connected, and, and maybe that can make the difference. Yeah, I like that. And I do think this is where questions can really be such a helpful tool as well for leaders to be thinking about what they can ask of their teams. And it can be as simple as asking them, you know, what their experiences are, what even their preferences are, um, especially depending on if it's, you know, an employee that's juggling more at home, more personally, or someone that maybe isn't as comfortable sharing of themselves that way. I think that's even the best invitation to get them to talk about it a bit more. And of course, I loved your um, example, Emily, of you know, talking to peers, talking to people that you know you can trust who will have, you know, good, similar insight about how to do this and who can possibly also reflect back to you 
um, if you're doing a good job or give you some other ideas and some feedback on how to do it better. So for some of our managers listening or some of the leaders listening, you know, I think some of this can definitely apply at the, if you're a frontline level leader who is managing their team directly, there's a lot of it here, but I'm curious if you feel like this concept of connectedness changes as you sort of go up the ladder. I mean, I think many of us are used to, once you get into the executive ranks, these you expect these folks to be more buttoned up or more or protect themselves a little bit more. Do you find that this concept still applies at the at these levels or does it look any different? You know, personally, I don't think this really changes much as you look up the ladder. I think that things like openness and um, and vulnerability are just as relevant for CEOs as they are for frontline managers. Um, Lately, I think we've been seeing that employees really want to hear from their CEOs. They want to hear that they're aware of and that they're in tune with what their employees are experiencing. So it's just as important for, for CEOs to, to demonstrate these leadership behaviors as it is for anyone else. But Stephanie, I'd like to hear what you have to say since you have the new report out on, on CEO leadership. Yeah. yeah, I absolutely agree. And I do think that this taps into an area where we've seen that CEOs and executives maybe don't feel as confident too, which is interesting. We did see throughout the pandemic and through the crisis that um, executives ratings in certain areas and actually all leaders ratings, especially of things like empathy, um, dropped a bit, I think, because it pushed people into some uncomfortable areas, maybe some areas they didn't feel like they had as much practice or experience uh, that required them, you know, to try things out in a new way and, and possibly question, were they very good at demonstrating empathy and doing some of these things. So I do think, you know, it matters at all levels. It's just a matter of how do you exhibit it and how do you make sure you're really going back, um, getting that practice and reinforcement to feel comfortable with your skills. And I think probably for senior leaders, sometimes they're a little hesitant or resistant to get that reinforcement and get that feedback, which is why it's so important, I think, for organizations to support that. And of course, for executives to themselves look to those opportunities to make sure that they're demonstrating it because it it makes a difference. I think we've seen it definitely makes a difference in employees, how they feel about their leaders, but for sure at that level, it's going to make a difference for how the organization, the culture really feels about that senior leader. Yeah. What a, what an impact they have down the line when they can show a little bit of this vulnerability. And um, I do, rem I remember hearing a story of a, of a woman who was really uncomfortable showing any kind of like anything that she was struggling with until she saw like a senior VP on her team say like, gosh, this is so hard. And it was like, that was like the floodgate to be like, this is really hard. So let's address this because it's a challenge for all of us. So rather than like in front of the senior leaders, we're like, nope, no problems here. <laughs> it's really now becoming that, you know, when, when these leaders are open to it and acknowledging like how hard some of these things are, you can get an honest dialogue going about what you might actually do about it versus like, don't just sweep the problems under the rug. <laughs> Yeah, especially in challenging times. I think that's so important, right? Because obviously people are feeling more maxed out than normal and less likely to probably feel like they want to be vulnerable. Um, I think it's such an important example and model that senior leaders can set. So while you didn't have it in this particular study, I'm curious, you know, so many people right now are headed for the door, you know, and um, I know, you know, what we've seen in some research is that people are often surprised. They're like, I thought this person was doing great. I had no idea they were even thinking about leaving. Um, 
So how do you think leader connectedness can play into some of that, you know, maybe stopping turnover before somebody's out the door? Yeah, I definitely think it has an impact. I think we've seen, you know, anecdotal evidence, a lot of it that shows that this matters. Um, We do know that, of course, people really respond to empathy and how much their their leaders demonstrate it for them. And it's honestly, it's the number one skill that we continue to see matters in terms of people feeling like they want to stay and they have the best leader um, and even the best company that they can be working for. So I think we know it's an important issue. Emily, I want to give you a chance to way into. Yeah, absolutely. I agree completely. I think empathy is huge here. Um, Catalyst has a new report out on empathy. And what I really love about it is that they stress that empathy is a skill that you can build and um, it's something that you can work on. And I think that's exactly the case here with leader connectedness. Um, You know, maybe you're not as connected as you want to be right now, um, or you really do see that that room for improvement, but that's okay, right? Because connection is something that you can build. And as Stephanie mentioned, we can see that filtering down into into employees, which I think makes a huge difference in retention. Um, I also think that what our, our research really does is debunks that idea of a fearless leader. Um, and that, you know, of course we want to have a leader who is prepared and instills a sense of stability in us, right? But employees really want a leader who can see, um, who they can see as a whole person, um, just as they want their leaders to recognize them as a whole person. And so I think that's huge for, um, for retention. So, you know, it's impossible for us to be robots at work and just, you know, focus on task one, task two, task three. Um, what's going on in, in our lives, of course, is, um, going to impact how we how we do our jobs, how we feel as employees. And I think um, that's super important for, for retention as well. In short, the less we treat people like robots, they might actually stick around, huh? <laughs> Sounds great. So the last question that I do ask all of our guests on the show is to tell me about a moment of leadership that had an impact on your life. So whether it was a moment you connected with a leader or even if it was a bad moment where you you really didn't connect, um, something that either inspired you or helped you to realize that you wanted to do things differently. I'm curious to hear your, uh, your stories. Yeah, um, I think, well, like most of us, I've had some really great leaders and some leaders that weren't so great. Um, but thinking about this question through the lens of what we've been talking about just now, um, in, in a previous position, Uh, there were some circumstances where people were really unhappy and they were struggling. Um, And even though they spoke out um, and spoke up about it, they really weren't being heard by their leaders and um, it was being ignored and they were really being shoved to the side. Um, And I think what the leaders really lacked was these elements of connection that we've been talking about. They didn't try to understand what was going on with their employees, um, how they were feeling. uh, And they definitely shied away from from approaching the situation and uh, facing an emotionally difficult one. Um, So it was one of those those situations that has always sticked with me. has always stuck with me. Um, and um, I think re- will in, in the future um, and really motivates me to do things differently. Mm-hmm. How the yeah. avoidance really pushed people out instead of making anything better. Absolutely. How about you, Steph? Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's a great example, I think, especially when thinking about this time and, of course, the topic. Mine is more specific to earlier in my career, and there have been many, many moments um, similar to you, Emily, where I feel, you know, a leader has either shown exactly the model of what would be great and what creates, you know, kind of positive work environment or the opposite. Um, This one's a more positive example, and it really influenced what I think about leadership values and especially how to be a more empathetic and inclusive leader. I was in a meeting pretty early in my career when um, I didn't have a very big title or role yet. And um, it was a really exciting stretch assignment for me that I was, you know, getting put out there a bit. And uh, one of the people that was a bit more traditional in the meeting um, and had been with the organization for a long time said that I couldn't be the face of the project because I didn't have the title to match. And the senior leader who was there who knew me a little bit, but not super well, quickly spoke up and said that, you know, kind of questioned does title really matter to our external customers and people that we're going to put, you know, this this information out for and have to admit, you know, just that simple speaking up and then really asking others, challenging that traditional notion made such a huge difference that, you know, that alone could have been enough. But then afterwards, they also sought me out, really advocated for me, became an informal mentor. And I think really, you know, demonstrated how important it is to, you know, include different people, new voices, new faces, um, but also show just how to do that. So had a big impact early in my career. Oh, that's such an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, Thank you both for your time today. So we had, I was lucky to have these two incredible researchers. Um, You can find Catalyst Research on their website around leadership connectedness. Um, And as Stephanie mentioned, she leads DDI's Global Leadership Forecast. A lot of our research you can also find on the DDI website. Thank you both for joining me today on the Leadership 480 podcast. And thank you to our listeners who took part of their 480 minutes to be with us today. And remember to make every moment of leadership count.